Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Yo, this is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, bud? Greg, what's going on? Wednesday, hump day. It doesn't really feel like hump day because we had the, the day off on Monday for President's Day. So, really- and, I a, and I had a week off before that. There you go. Looking the golden brown, the has brown, Greg Sussman. I like it. I like snowing it, Snowing here. Snowing here in New York City. Just, it's crazy because it's snowing in New York City. There you go. The pool noodle. There's me. That yeah. was Greg last week, uh-huh. and now this week, snow. Right. And there you go. But I think it's important. We'll get to this a little bit later on. Like, there's, there's, put me back up, Alex. So there's me in, like, all my glory, right? Like, thrilled, bathing suit, noodle, smile. <laughs> noodle. Today, sweatshirt, snow boots. We'll get to that later on, Frank. Oh no no we can't get to that. Oh, I get to that later on. We, no, I, no, no, I, we have to address. No, no, we have no, to no, address no. the snow boots now. Guys. I want to get to it later on. I want to get to it later on. I want to get right down at Greg's. I want to get right into it, man. And I say, oh yeah, now he wants to get right into it. Yesterday he wants to talk about Amex. I said, talk about but I said I was going to change things around, man. He wants to talk about Tui.com and and Suzanne, who whose identity theft. F you, Suzanne. F you. This guy walks in and he's wearing these snow boots. Snow boots. Yeah. They look like the female version of Uggs, which I, I kind of joked about. I'm like, oh, Greg, those look like Uggs. He's like, well, guess what? They are Uggs. So right. First off, uh-huh. I'm like, you're supporting Tom Brady because Tom Brady is probably the biggest advocate of Uggs mm-hmm. uh, for males. So that was first off. I wasn't really down with that. But it was next what I saw after seeing the Uggs mm-hmm. was that Greg had his jeans tucked into his boots. Yeah. On his Uggs. Right. Which we will now display to everybody. So, first of all, Uggs, super comfortable. Why wouldn't I want super comfortable boots? Do you want to try Oh, do you want to try it on? No, definitely not. Why? Definitely not with my, my jeans tucked into you them tuck either. You don't tuck your jeans in. I just want you to see if it's comfortable to you. We, aren't we the same shoe size? It was just the most are, Greg Sussman. Aren't we thing. the same shoe size, right? I got a haircut. What do you think, Greg? Looks good. Are we the same? I thought we were the same shoe size. No? Maybe. What size are you? Ten and a half. Yeah, I'm, I'm around there. So ten, you want, ten and a half. You want to try my boot on? No, no, no. All right. No. Anyway. I'm even close. So here you go. I'll stand up. Tom Brady I'm stand up. Here you go. So Let's if you get a look, look, there you go. So they didn't look good outside the boot. It looks so ridiculous. I, I, they just look all right. What is this guy doing? Alex, what do you think? What do you think of my boots? Not only is he wearing male Uggs, he's got his jeans tucked yeah. into the boots. They look boots. good. They look good. I like them better now that like, I see them on TV, to be this honest is, with you. This is how women wear their Uggs. You calling me a woman now? Is that how I'm wearing my, my legs? No, nah, I mean, you know, you're, it's, it's very metro of you. Greg, oh, wearing a Knicks sweatshirt. What's up? Greg, these boots were made for walking. They were made for walking. That's yeah, just what they'll do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. walking through the snow. That's exactly why he's got them on. Walk right over you. You got to boost your mic, man. I can't yeah, hear you. Yeah, I don't, I don't, hear, I don't know what's going you. on down there. We can't really hear you. Yeah. How's that? A little bit better. 
Nope, then you went All right, yeah. All right. Well, Sorry, we'll get that fixed. We, we tried that. Add it to the list, Carl. <laughs> That's weird. Usually Alex must be good. I heard Martino fine yesterday. It's an Alex problem. I think that microphone's kind of dying out. Really? I've heard some rumors that it's not doing so well. Hmm. All right. Anyway, so there you go. That's kind of the situation. Um, I've been talking to Amex in a while. But that's okay. What, what, shall I, oh, no, I have some more anecdotes, but I'll save it over for the next two hours. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's spread them out. Okay. Today on the program, it's First Base Ranks. For that, we do have a special guest. In hour number two, it's Chris Venture, the closer. Yeah, boy! The closer will join us in hour number two to bring down First Base. We already know how much he likes Josh Bell. We'll see who else Venture is in on at the First Base position. He will join us for the entirety of hour number two, uh, and that should be fun. But before we get to guys like Josh Bell, before we get to the middle-tier guys, the sleepers, if you will, I want to start at the top. And I want to start. Um, I want to start at the importance of the position. How important is first base this year, Frank, to draft early? I don't think I put any more importance on first base than I do any other position. I wrote about this a little bit on my Patreon page. Go subscribe. Check it out. Check it out. Well, I also just found out about uh, from Perry in the YouTube chat uh-huh. that I'm doing a very good job on my Patreon. So, but how would Perry know? Well, the content is free for now. I'm giving everyone a little bit. Of, I'm giving everyone a taste, and then later on, you, you're like, "Oh, this is great content. I want to sign up and get more of it." So that's kind of the idea here. Uh, but I wrote about the first base position a little bit. I liken it to, and, and you tell you give me your opinion of this analogy, Greg. John Travolta, great actor, known for legendary films. I mean, Pulp Fiction, Face Off, Grease. How can we forget, right? Saturday Night Fever. The list goes on and on. When it comes to John Travolta, he was great. I was kind of past John Travolta by, but he was great. Sure. Kind of how I feel about the first base position this year. You can pick and, that's not inaccurate. You can pick and choose your spots here at first base, and you know I'll let you in on some of the targets that I'm looking at based on ADP. It used to be great. You know, it, 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 it uh, turned out some of, the, some of the best sluggers in the game in fantasy baseball, real-life baseball, but... I feel like it's not as deep as it once was. You can pick and choose your spots. I think there's a clear drop-off after the top 11 or so. Once you get into 11, 12, once you get into that next group, it's like, all right, all these guys kind of have some of, some of their own warts here. Yep, yep. Uh, but it's not as deep of a position as it normally is, Greg. Normally, we talk about first base like one of the best power-hitting, sure. slugging positions where you can get a lot of your offense. You can still get some offense there, but it's not as deep as it once was. But I think what's interesting about that is you say that, and I know like the guys that you have tended to target, at least in your early drafts at first base, despite it not being very deep, you're targeting guys around like the 10th best first baseman, give or take, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not in on the, that top tier, the, the Freemans, who you loved last year, um, Goldschmidt, Votto, Bellinger, like, that's not really your guys. Like, you're much more of, and we'll get to this later, obviously, Matt Olson, Jose Abreu. How come if you think it's so top-heavy? There's nothing wrong with Paul Goldschmidt and Freddie Freeman. And I, I like those guys a lot more in points leagues, for sure, because uh, they're both going to walk a lot. Freddie Freeman's going to hit a ton of doubles. Uh, he doesn't strike out all that much. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, he, they're great for points leagues, and especially for OBP. But in Roto, and this, you know, a lot of the analysis that we do is for Roto, you have to take these guys in the second round, early second round, late first round. To me, I want one of my first two picks, and it doesn't have to be this way. If they're the best on the board, then they're the best on the board. Like, I'm not going to shy away from taking them. But most of the time, I want to get an outfielder. 
I want to get an outfielder early but on. You, you need so, five outfielders in Roto. So you say you won't shy away from taking them. You've done a bunch of drafts now, and I've sat with you in the early rounds. I've done like two you, best ball drafts. You've never really considered at your spot yeah. taking these guys. And according to the NFBC, where they're going through the month of February, like one's at 18, Goldschmidt's at 18, Freeman's at 20. So that is middle of the second round. That's where you've been. Like you've been in the middle of the second round where you drafted. And I know in one draft you took Jacob DeGrom in the first. Who'd you take in the other one in the first? In one of them I took DeGrom. In the other I took Arenado. Okay. So I, I think one something. of them I, p- I picked at 11. That's where, I, that's where I got Arenado. I mean, great value there. I couldn't yeah, pass yeah, of course. that. Sure. And, you uh, and to pitch then in the, second the other round, one, I, I think I had pick six. Okay, so that's right here. I mean, I don't know, I don't know who's on the board, obviously. Yep. But when you were running down the players, like leading up to your pick that you wanted... Goldschmidt and Freeman like, were never even in the conversation. So I know you're saying you wouldn't shy away, but I yeah. think that's exactly what you did. I know it's best ball, so it's a little bit of a different drafting format, of course. Um, but we did auction strategy talk this morning, and we'll have an auction show uh, coming up closer to our auction. We'll have so, Ian Conn interview for that, too. Here you go, but, in the second round, when I took DeGrom, I took Giancarlo Stanton one pick ahead of Paul Goldschmidt. And I took him ahead of Freddie Freeman as well. But you never, but you, but you need five com- outfielders. I understand yeah. that, but you can't say, hey... I won't shy away from those guys. That's exactly what you did. They weren't even in the conversation. Well, here's what would have happened. If Giancarlo Stanton was gone, yes. I'm looking at those guys as the next best players. Okay. Because after that, it was, it was Goldschmidt, it yeah. was Altuve, uh-huh. Aaron Nola, Trevor Story. Trevor Story would be in the conversation for me as That's well. That's an interesting name we're going to get to when we do shortstops next week. Um, and, but to me, like after Stanton goes, Harper was already gone, Bregman was gone. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, Freddie Freeman, they should be in that area. Okay. But I think a lot of you know the drafts that I've done, it's just really the range of players that that's going around them. But I sta- it's those se- it's those second round starting pitchers. But I stand by that's the second round is as good as I can remember because you have Stanton, Harper, Goldschmidt, Freeman. I mean, these guys who have traditionally been end of the first round, early second round. These guys are going middle to late Paul second Goldschmidt round. Goldschmidt was like a top five three, player, top three for, pick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. I'm loving that second round this year in general. There's a lot of big bats that you can get, and I think it makes it advantageous to start with the pitcher as you did in that particular draft, Frank, um, when you are in the middle to late uh, first round. But let's stick with the first baseman. And I mentioned the top two. You can read Frank's first base rankings on his Patreon. Uh, please subscribe to that. Obviously, Frank mentioned the content is free right now. It won't be free forever. Uh, so please. Limited time only while supplies last. So please uh, subscribe to his Patreon. Even if it's just a dollar a month, he'd prefer 25 But uh, whatever, whatever you <laughs> Give can. Give me all of your money. Whatever uh, you can afford for fantasy baseball prep, it's obviously well worth it. Frankie, uh, your tier is what for the first baseman? What is tier one? So tier one is just those, uh, just two, those two guys. Uh, it is uh, Freddie Freeman and Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, I also should have mentioned this when I first started talking about the position overall. Uh, when I made my uh, John Travolta analogy, is the re- part of the reason why I say it's not as good as it once was mm-hmm. is there are stats to back this up, Greg. So I-, I looked at this, and the collective batting average for first baseman last year was 250. 250 batting average for first base. That was the lowest it's been for the collective group of first basemen. Hitters since 1968 when it was 247. That's 50 years ago. 51 years. Long time ago. 51 years. That this has been the, the lowest batting average for first baseman. In general. 250. Huh? And then the collective OPS was seven, 760 last year for first baseman. Okay. Um, and only two times since 1993 uh, has it been 760 or lower. Uh, that was the other year was 2014 when only 
five first basemen hit 30 home runs. Um, no, only four first basemen hit 30 home runs in 2014. Last year, there was only five of those. So it, it's just, you know, we don't get the same sluggers that, that we once did at the position. But for me, it's Freddie Freeman and it's Paul Goldschmidt. Those are the clear top two in the tier. They're the only guys going uh, in the second round. And then you kind of break into that next year, uh, next tier where Anthony Rizzo is going in the third round. I don't, do you want to like further dissect Freddie Freeman or Paul Goldschmidt or what to expect from these guys? Or, sure, yeah, yeah. Or is it just kind of like status quo, you know what well, to expect? Well, well, I'll say this. They're going very close to each other. Is there any argument to be made that Freeman should go ahead of Goldschmidt? I've always kind of tried to make the argument I know you for have. Freddie Freeman. That's why I'm asking. And last year, you know, I had Freddie Freeman ranked ahead of Joey Votto, and a lot of, you know, you guys were giving me a bunch of crap for that. Obviously, no one saw Joey Votto regressing the way that he did last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the power just completely fell off, but I still think that Freddie Freeman has the talent to go out there and hit 300 with 40 homers. He's never done it. I think he has the talent to do it. What changes in St. Lewis for Goldschmidt. What changes this year? Another year with all the young bats in Atlanta around Freeman. Well, I do think both lineups are very good. Mm-hmm. I think the Cardinals lineup is is good as well. I think I would give uh, give the advantage to the Braves. I think there's a little bit more depth in that lineup. I agree. Uh, especially at the top. I mean, they have Josh Donaldson. Uh, they have Ronald Acuna. Whether it's Ender Inciarte leading off or Acuna. And then they have Ozzy Albies. So there's a little bit more depth. You have Nick Markakis. Uh, I do like the Cardinals lineup, but look with Freddie Freeman, he's always been uh, he's always been a great hitter uh, to a to a fault at times. Like last yeah. year, thirty two percent line drive rate, and you know that takes away from his ability to hit home runs. He only hit twenty three home runs last year, but the year before that, he hit he hit twenty eight home runs in one hundred and seventeen games. So that's why I, I still think that he has that upside. Yeah. The past three years, he's been three hundred two batting average or better. I still think he has that upside to have a 300 batting average, you know, 35 to 40 home run season. I'm tempted. I, I, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to put Freddie Freeman over Goldschmidt. I always want to do it, and then, like, people talk me out of it. I'm just going to I'm just gonna. So, so I think if you look at their lines from last year, they're, they're very similar. Like, they're, they're very Paul Goldschmidt doesn't really steal bases anymore either. No, that, that it, makes— It's decreased from 38, 32 to 18 to 7 over the past three years. Freddie Freeman had more Freddie stolen Freeman bases last year. Freddie Freeman is no slouch. He had 10 stolen bases last he year. He gives you 8 to 10. Now, the past three years, eight, ten. Uh, Goldschmidt, well, six, eight, ten. Goldschmidt had ten more home runs. Um, the runs were basically even. RBIs, you give fourteen more to Freeman. Um, averages twenty point difference uh, in favor of Freeman. OBPs were basically exactly the same. Babips, which I thought was interesting, exactly the same. Goldschmidt walks a little bit more, but also strikes out a little bit more. Uh, Goldschmidt also had a higher hard hit rate, forty seven percent, I think it was forty six and change. Um, 46 and change compared to Freddie Freeman's 42. So Both very good marks. They're, they're very similar. I mean, they're very similar yeah. guys. To me, it's preference. You can't even use the injuries. Do you worry about the change of scenery? I was going to get that in a second. You can't even care about the injuries to Freddie Freeman anymore. He played 162 games last year. Every single game, he was out there. So uh, I wouldn't say you can't worry about it. I mean, two out of the la- it, were, it was wrist injuries. At two the out of the last so. three years, man. 158 games, 162 games. Yeah, but the other two years... 117, 118. But the year before that, 162. So it's like, those are fluke injuries, though. You know? We did get some warning signs from Paul Goldschmidt last year, especially early on. I mean, through the first two months of the year. Remember what we were talking about, Greg? The humidor got him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it that, or, you know, was it the fact that, okay, Paul Goldschmidt is, you know, he's past the age of 30 now. Are we starting to see a little bit of a decline? He's two years older than Freeman. I will say this. From June 1st on, 
Paul Goldschmidt was amazing. Unbelievable. Like, if you bought low, that was the like, buy that, that was the guy. That was From the June guy. 1st on, 330, 420, 602 uh, on, uh, slugging percentage. That's a... 1,021 OPS over the, you know, from June 1st on, where he had a 48% hard hit rate, a 24.5 home run to fly ball ratio. So, look, you worry a little bit about the change of scenery. Even with the humidor, I do think the change from Chase Field to St. Louis is a slight negative arc shift here for Goldschmidt. And, you know, not everyone just automatically changes teams and. Is amazing right away. Yeah. You know, I mentioned Mike Moustakis yesterday. He went to a better hitter's ballpark from Kauffman Stadium to Miller Park. He didn't adjust right away. And that's... Giancarlo Stanton, he fair, changed the leagues. To be but fair... he didn't adjust right away. In those two situations, I didn't love Stanton last year. I always think there's a big transition to Yankee Stadium. To, to the Yankees, rather, in New York. Yeah. Moustakis, in season, you go to the personal stuff. I think he'll be much better this Can't year. Can't go wrong with these guys. I like Freeman. We'll continue breaking down to first base when we come back next on your BFFs. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. Rain dance! Make it rain. It's becoming quite evident that LeBron James, the wear and tear on his body, is not the wear and tear on Kevin Durant's body. What you are seeing is a LeBron James who has, for years, had to carry every team, whereas Kevin Durant got away from that in Oklahoma City and found himself over the last three years saving a lot of wear and tear on that body by now having other guys that he can rely on. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Step by step. We're back here. It's the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Goldschmidt, Freeman, your top two first baseman off the board this year, 2019. Fantasy baseball drafts. No real issue with that. It's hard, man. So like I was saying, Giancarlo stands in New York. I always try to give players a year of transition before jumping in on them when they go to the Yankees. Like, I never want a Yankee in their first year, ever, with the team. Ever. It's a good thing. Um, what about Luke Voigt last year? 
<laughs> you know, I think that's one of the rare exceptions, to be honest with you. Yep. But Luke Boyd's not like making the money Giancarlo Stanton or had the expectations of a Giancarlo Stanton, to be fair. Um, Mike Moustakis, we talk about the personal stuff. I think being traded in the middle of the year is tough. Like, I, I think expecting them to provide the power and be as comfortable as they were in their previous location, I think it's hard, a lot to ask for. So that doesn't bother me or scare me away at all. In this case, for Goldschmidt, St. Louis is not New York. We've seen a lot of free agents and a lot of um, trades happen with St. Louis where a guy got um, sent over there and they performed very well in their first year. So I'm not really scared off by the change of scenery to St. Louis. You could also use the contract year with Paul Goldschmidt as fodder of some sort. I think it's very close. He's on a one-year deal, right? He's not one of your last year's contract, yeah. So I think he's had to prove a lot. And in this market, he knows that like he needs to really have a great year in order to make money or make a lot of money. Braves lineup is great, man. Yeah. I'm just looking at this. So, it's not that the Cardinals lineup is bad. Here's the thing. If I said, if I told you to set a date, Greg, for when, when does Tyler O'Neill take over for Dexter Fowler in the outfield? What would you say? Why is Dexter Fowler starting for the Cardinals and not Tyler O'Neill? Because he makes money. That's why. That's it. Well, he got benched last year because he sucked. He's, he's projected to bet fifth right now, according to roster research. Yeah, I mean, they make him... That would look a lot better with, uh, with Tyler O'Neill in there. Yeah, so ultimately, he just makes so much money that they have to give him another shot, you know? At the top here, you got Carpenter, Paul DeYoung, Goldschmidt, Ozuna. It's a nice first four. And then you have Yadier Molina, who's always undervalued. Great hitter. Gotta get Tyler O'Neill in there. Sorry, Dexter Fowler. You're out. So, anyway, you want to rank Freeman first. I'm not going to argue with you. I don't, I don't want to put this to the table for this. I think it's very close. I really do. When it comes to those first basemen versus, let's say, Aaron Judge, what do you lean? How do you I lean love there? Aaron Judge this year. I really do. I'm yeah. taking Aaron Judge. He has, he has the ability to hit 50 home runs. These guys yeah. don't. The power, the power upside is definitely power. There. You've and, seen the batting and especially average. It's o- not going to completely crater. Like, you're going to be like... In OBP leagues, two, in OBP leagues he'll be where he needs to be matching with these guys. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, his OBP is even better than o- that. Over 400. Yeah. yeah. His OBP is absolutely legit. RBIs about- will be there. You know, I'm going to Aaron Judge. No, I think Stanton's an interesting How one. about Harper versus these guys? I was going to say Stanton over this one. These guys. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Harper and Stanton are both kind of in the same range. Um... Well, this is where you talk about the outfielders. If you need five outfielders, I think I'd probably lean to the outfielders. If you don't, if you need three outfielders, I think it's a tougher question. Even, even in a points league, I would go with the first baseman over Stanton just because he strikes out so much. That's fair. Like, you're going to lose points for the strikeouts. He's going to be, fair. you know, 25-plus probably strikeout percentage there with Giancarlo Stanton. And with Goldschmidt and Freeman, uh, look, you just know that you're going to get the good plate discipline. You're not going to get that many strikeouts. You're going to get... Uh, you're going to get walks. You're going to get a bunch of doubles, too. So if I'm comparing Goldschmidt and Freeman to a guy like Stanton in points leagues, right. I would lean with them. What about... In uh, Roto, you need five outfielders. Again, I'm, I'm going to lean with Stanton. Does it change for you? For What about Harper if he signs in Philly in that ballpark? I think if Harper goes to Philly, he's back into the first round. Yeah. Which, it's all but a given that he's going to go there. I know we've gotten some reports that, like, Harper's interested in San Francisco. He wants to play on the West Coast. That's what it comes down to. He wants to be close to Vegas. I don't believe this anymore. I think he does. Dude, we thought this was Machado. And so if Florida. that was the case, he would have signed already, Greg. I don't think so. He's, why, yeah. why hasn't he signed with Philly? Then? He wants to be on the West no, Coast. No, 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 no. That's not it. What is it? Harper wants the most money. He wants to be the highest paid free agent of all time in any sport. He had to wait for Machado to sign first to guarantee that. Machado, Harper will sign any day. All right. So That's then he it. should have signed yesterday afternoon. Then if that was the case, he will sign any day. 
Boros will get the best offers now, yeah. and he'll go wherever the most money is. Whether that's San, I don't think it'll be San Francisco. I think no, it'll be Philly. It makes no sense. I mean, he might. Like, make, why would San Francisco even be in on him? It makes he, no sense. He at all. might make three hundred and one million dollars, right? Like it's going to be something petty like that. And I don't think it has anything to do with location anymore. I used to think that with Machado, who really wanted to be on the East Coast, beer near, near-ish to Florida, didn't happen. So whatever. Bryce Harper versus these guys. If I'm just looking at it. He has higher upside, also has lower downside. I agree that's, with you. That's the that's the biggest difference because what his upside is is that MVP season, where he hits over three hundred and he hits forty plus home runs and drives in hundred RBI. Especially in Philly, it's a great hitter's ballpark and it's going to be a great lineup too with the addition of Bryce Harper if he ends up there too. So it's amazing. I mean, but his downside is look, last year he hit two forty nine. The batting average fluctuates every single year for Bryce Harper. 289. So he's all uh, over the place. 249 last year. year before These other guys th- are more consistent. Was 319. year before that, 243. year before that, 330. year before that, 273. So it does absolutely fluctuate. Now, the OBP for Harper has been pretty consistent. 393 last year, 413 the year before, 373 the year before that, and during his MVP season, 460 uh, on base percentage. Greg, how do you feel about position scarcity because I'm not usually big on position scarcity. I feel like this year you're kind of becoming a slave to position scarcity. I Just feel the way that, way that too. I hear myself talking yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. In Roto, outfield dries up so fast. Can you really not take an outfielder in your first Look, I think you got to get one at least in your first 3 rounds. Because if you go through th- your first 3 rounds and you get to the 4th round and like Tommy Pham is your first outfielder in a 5 outfielder league, as much as we love Tommy Pham, I don't really love Tommy Pham as my first outfielder in a five outfield league. It, like honestly, the cutoff to me for like who would I who's the last person I would want as my starting outfielder in a roto draft? The cutoff is probably Starling Marte, Reese Hoskins. Even even that's pushing it. Like Reese Hoskins. I like I like Hoskins too, but do you feel comfortable with him as your outfield one in a five outfielder league, Greg? Do you feel comfortable with that? I prefer him as an outfield two. So, exactly, or, or maybe starting first base. I mean, most most predicaments, you're not going to get that. And if, if that's the case, like Charlie Blackman is going at pick 26. He's basically the last outfielder. If you want to include Whit Merrifield in this group, he's the last outfielder going in the second round, which basically tells me I want to get one of my first two outfielders in the first two rounds in a roto draft. And that's what you've been saying. You wanted a starting pitcher and an outfielder so in the first I'm two kinda rounds. I'm kind of becoming I'm kind of becoming a slave to the position scarcity, but. I think in Roto, you got to do it, man. Like, outfield dries up so fast. I don't know. And there are first basemen that I like later on. So let's keep, let's keep it going here, Greg. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to be a slave to that. I want to take the best pitcher player available. And I think that... I, I think I might lean Goldschmidt and Freeman over Harper, to be honest with you. I understand this. Like, here, would you, pull, would you pull Charlie Blackman up no. the board to take them over one of these first basemen Absolutely just not. so you get an outfielder? Absolutely not. I don't think I would either. Absolutely not. But I think it's a good question. I'm so out on Charlie Blackman this year. Why? I don't know. Dude, it's Colorado. <laughs> I, I don't know. He's still great. I feel like there are a lot of people that agree with you, too. I, I, I agree that there are a lot of <laughs> I people. I agree with agree. myself. I agree <laughs> that there are a lot of people that agree with me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't like when things like this happen. It's We're weird. Like, <laughs> Greg is with the people. Dude, he scored 119 <laughs> runs last year. Three consecutive Admittedly, years. it was a weird year for Charlie Blackman. It was a weird year. I owned him last year. It felt like he was never like as good as I wanted him to be. Right. But he still hit 291. The RBIs, you knew they were going to take a step back. He had 104 RBI in 2017 as a leadoff hitter. That was never going to happen again. Yeah. 70, probably a little bit low. I, you know, your second round pick, you probably want at least 80 RBI out of the guy. But 29 home runs, the stolen bases, he's still going to give you, you know, 12 to 15. 
Over 100 runs for sure in that lineup. <laughs> I don't know. What's that to like about Charlie Blackman, Greg? I, I have to look into him more, to be honest with you, but I just wonder if the average continues to drop. Right? We've seen it now. We've seen it drop here pretty substantially last year. I know the Babbitt is kind of telling. His K rate was the highest in his career last I'm gonna year. I'm going to look up what his expected batting average was. Oh, that would be great if you could do that. Yeah, so he was at 291. His expected batting average. Oh, you're not. You're not. That's Greg. To be fair, expected, like, on Baseball Savant with their StatCast data, everybody's expected batting average is lower than their average. Fine. It was 277 last year, as expected. Yeah. Even I, in the years where he hit well over 300, it was 293 in 2016 expected, 292 in 2017 expected batting average. Yeah, you know, I just... It's, and that's probably they're taking the course field effect into it. I'm just a little nervous. Like maybe if he was in a different ballpark, like that's it. what his batting average Listen, is. Listen, Blackman a second round, there's nothing wrong with it. I just would rather have Goldschmidt and Freeman over him. You know? Like, listen, if, if I think we, I'm with you. In our, in our auction, right, if we got a good price on Blackman, am I going to say we shouldn't draft him? No. Blackman going to pick 26 in the month of February, uh-huh. whereas Freeman and Goldschmidt are going picks 18 and 20, respectively. Who's around, who else is around Blackman? Uh, so around Blackman, you have really just pitchers. It's uh, a yeah. whole run. Well, Stanton's going three picks earlier, and then it's Nola, Kluber, Garrett Cole, and then Benintendi. I'm, I'm not doing the thing. I mean, we'll save it for the outfield preview. Benny biceps. I'm interested. Everyone's expecting him to like take this huge power jump. His hard hit rate late rate last year was garbage. Yeah, I'd rather have Blackman than Benintendi. I know he's going to lead off, so the runs are going to be there. It's a great lineup with Boston. I get it, but every I guess look, you draft Benintendi, waiting for it to happen. It it reminds me of Yelich. So look, if you trust it, if you think he's going to turn into like Yelich and he has the ability to pay off that first round value. And those are the people who are drafting Benintendi in the, in the second, third round on that turn. But me personally, he hasn't done enough. And he struggles against lefties. And the batted ball data was not great last year for me with Benintendi. So I'm not one of these people who, who are buying in on him as a second, third round pick. Okay. Save it for outfield. We'll save it for the outfield. All right, let's continue on with the first baseman. And a guy that I know you absolutely love is Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg, how much are you going to make me spend on him in the auction this year? Zero dollars! But what, what if he has second base eligibility, Greg? I'm good. Yeah. Greg made sli- Michael Florio and myself spend $39 last year Let's be in fair. a mixed league auction. Let's be fair, on Frank. Anthony Rizzo because he has second base eligibility. Let's be fair. We were all in on the idea. It wasn't just me. No. Come on, man. I feel like I was in on the idea, but I set a cat, and we just went over that cat. Only about like four bucks. <laughs> we cat, were like, cat was all right, we're going to get him for 35 If he goes higher than that, then we're out. Then I kept going. I wasn't going to go over 40, though, if it made you feel better. It probably doesn't. Um, yeah, so you have Anthony Rizzo. So actually, let me go to you for this. What's the next tier? I do have Anthony Rizzo next up in the tier. Um, it, this is tier two. It's three through 11, which in ADP, these guys really go anywhere from round three to seven. So it's kind of like the early to mid rounds. It's Anthony Rizzo, Cody Bellinger, Reese Hoskins, Joey Votto, Jose Abreu, Daniel Murphy, Matt Carpenter, Matt Olson, and Jesus Aguilar. I'm going to put Reese Hoskins ahead of Cody Bellinger. Why do you hate Cody Bellinger? I don't hate Cody Bellinger. You don't love Cody Bellinger. You want my analysis of Anthony Rizzo first, Greg? I'm kind of more interested now in Cody Bellinger thing, but yeah, sure. Anthony Rizzo. Whatever. I mean, my whole thing with uh, with Anthony Rizzo and people, you've heard people make this argument before, Greg. Is you can get this. Like, 90% of his production from Jose Abreu, 
three rounds later. You get Jose Abreu in the sixth round. These are steamer projections for both of these guys. Anthony Rizzo, 281, 30 homers, 96 runs, 92 RBI, 7 stolen bases. Abreu, 280, 28 homers, 80 runs scored, 93 RBI, 2 stolen bases. So, really, you're paying 3 rounds difference in price tag for 16 additional runs and 5 stolen bases. Kind of annoyed you That's the biggest difference. Kind of annoyed you haven't called us the Frankings yet. But. The Frankings? I told you. I wanted to do Frank that. Rankings? Right, the Frankings. Yeah. I mean, you try it now and see if it latches on anywhere. I'm going to continue. To, I'll, you know, I'll do that. I'll push it. Yeah. I mean, you haven't really been saying franking, so I kind of blame you. I was away for You're, a while. You know what? What's up? As part of like my Patreon, mm-hmm. you should be my Paul Heyman. Like, you should be my mouthpiece. Okay. Like you should spit promos. Okay. For my Patreon. Sure. The reigning, defending. Sure. I'm good at that. Although I didn't really, I guess I didn't really win anything last year in baseball. Oh, I won my uh, the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Absolutely. It's my great. league. That's great. Fourth overall. Anthony Rizzo. Um. He's steady production. Like, you set your watch to, you know, 270 to 280, 30 home runs, 30 and to 32 home runs. how many RBI ground outs? <laughs> that was our thing last year. It's like every time we look up, it's Anthony Rizzo, RBI ground outs. He's good at it. He's going to give you 90-plus runs, 90-plus RBIs. He's going to give you, like, five stolen bases. It's fine, Anthony Rizzo, but I'm, I'm not really going to spend the third-round price tag when I get Jose Abreu three rounds later. Yeah, I agree. It's just, it's just very boring this year. I mean, you, you, like you said, you can set a clock for it. He actually was down in home runs last and he year. Always ha- he's always a slow starter. Too. Slow starter. Pretty Remember streaky. last year in the first month, he was just god-awful. Oh, I know, Frank. I, you told me every day. <laughs> Every single time. Greg, you idiot. You made us spend $39 on this guy. So Anthony Rizzo right now is going 35th off the board um, in NFBC leagues. Who's going around him? In March and April last year, he hit 149 with one home run. Yeah, it sucked. I, was, I, was, I, mean, I lived through it, man. Not very good. I lived through it. Anthony Rizzo, in the month of February, his NFBC ADP is pick 35. Mm-hmm. So in a 12-team league, at the end of the third round, in a 15-team league, he smacked daddy in the middle of the third round. Mm-hmm. Who's his going around? Third, his third round pick. Who's going around him? Uh, more starting pitchers here. Trevor Bauer, Luis Severino, Carlos Carrasco, Walker Bueller, uh, and then you kind of get into the Starling Marte, Reese Hoskins group. Those are the hitters available. I like that crew. And Hoskins is going to give you first base and outfield eligibility. I like that. So that helps. I told you, maybe Reese Hoskins guy. And then year. Starling Marte, you know what you're getting from him from the outfield position. 15 to 20 homers, 35 to 40 stolen bases, good batting average. He's everyone now why I hate Cody Bellinger. I went into this a little bit last week with uh, with Andy Singleton. We were doing Cody Bellinger versus Reese Hoskins debate. And this kind of comes back to... You're on the Reese Hoskins side, right? Yes, I am. This comes back to, with Cody Bellinger, using more prospect pedigree, using more of, like, outside factors to kind of... Just trusting that, okay, he, you know, he's a 23, 24-year-old guy who's, okay, he failed last year. He didn't move up to expectations. He went from 39 to home runs to 25. Uh, but just trusting the fact that he had the pedigree and that he's going to get better. That's what you have to do when you look at a guy like Cody Bellinger. And maybe I make it too hard on myself, but, you know, there were things that I didn't like last year. For example, you know, when he first got called up two years ago and hit 39 home runs, he was very good against left-handed pitching. Remember, I sat here last year and I said I actually thought Cody Bellinger had the ability to be better than Aaron Judge. That, but and I was wrong. You weren't alone on that, though. Love because I, that. I trusted what I saw from the splits in his first season, that he held his own against lefties. Last year, he regressed in a major way. 226 batting average, 681 OPS against left-handed pitching. So that has me a little bit worried. You know, if I'm using a third-round price tag, 
you know, third, fourth round price tag on Cody Bellinger. And if he's going to struggle against lefties on a team like the Dodgers, now I don't really ever think that they're going to platoon him. But if there's a team that's ever going to like, all right, we'll give you a day off against a tough lefty, it's the Dodgers because, you know, they have that luxury. They, they you know, they have, they have a wealth of riches on their team. They have a lot of depth on their team. So those things worried me. I'm also looking more into this uh, this season, Greg. Infield fly ball rate. His infield fly ball rate, you know, he has this huge uppercut swing. We know that he's trying to lift the ball a lot. He's trying to hit a lot of home runs. So his infield fly ball rate last year goes up over 16%. 16% of his batted balls were, were automatic outs. You know, I want guys that are not going to hit infield fly balls. That's something I tried to ignore last year with Rafael Devers. And if you looked at his minor league career, it was every single year with a guy like Devers, he hit a ton of infield fly balls. Those are guaranteed outs. What happened last year at the major league level? You guessed it. He had a ton of infield fly balls. So there were warning signs last year with Bellinger. Struggled against lefties, uh, and he had these infield fly balls, which are basically guaranteed outs. Average, I'll give you my projection for him when we get back from the break. Average down. OBP down. Dive up. Everything was down across the board. Very nervous about Cody Bellinger. No real interest for me this year. We have Frank's projections. We come back. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Scout Fantasy Sports. Manny Machado has finally signed a contract. It's with the Padres. And Machado landing in San Diego and everyone's initial reaction is like, oh, that sucks. That's the Padres. And what about the ballpark? But the ballpark for right-handed hitters is not as bad. Sure, it's not Camden Yards. And he obviously went over to the Dodgers last year. But this is a guy that can hit anywhere. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Join the experts live on the air every day by calling in at 844-843-6879 to join the Fantasy Sports Network. Back with you, Fantasy... Best friends forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. So... I told you I was booking my bachelor's party, right, Frank? And I was having not issues, but I was trying to make it work. Um, I really wanted, I'm doing it in Fort Lauderdale. 
as you know, you've heard my conversation with Drew Dinkmeyer. Indeed. And I really wanted a certain hotel that Drew told me to stay at. But the weekend I want, it was between two weekends in July, which I was talking about this with you yesterday. And one of my buddies can't come one weekend, but can come the other weekend. But the hotel I wanted, that Drew recommended, is not available for that weekend that he can come. Oh, God. So I'm just like, all right, I can go to a different hotel, obviously. There's plenty of other hotels. I think this stuff sounds so... I was just stressed out because I didn't want to be selfish and just be like that guy, like I'm choosing a hotel over my buddy. Yeah. Like, this is what Drew recommended. Like, I really liked it. It looked cool. I was all in on it because it had like a, a beach. They had a beach, a pool bar. I was like, ah. Yeah, you probably shouldn't exclude your buddy. I agree with you. And Judy was like all about that. She's like, is a hotel really more important than your friend? Like, it's stupid. Although it is your bachelor party. Right. Well, that was my philosophy. I go, so, uh, well, that was my philosophy nah, too. I go, it's like we're being selfish. It's my, but it's it's my time to be selfish. You know, like would they that's do, where, that was that's where my mind was kind. Would of they do the same thing for me? Like I don't know. So I didn't know what uh, to do. So the reason that they were sold out this hotel was because there's like a bunch of conventions in Fort Lauderdale. It was a big convention of some sort. Do you know what kind of convention? No idea. So my dad, my dad, um, is like some Marriott member of some sort. So he called the hotel. And he's like, hey, so online there's no rooms, but you know, I'm, a, I'm attending the convention. And he goes, oh, great. Oh, big Rob? So we, uh, we got three rooms at the hotel I wanted for the weekend I wanted because nice. I'm now attending the convention. <laughs> I'll you like that story. I really hope it's like some crazy, <laughs> some crazy, oh man. I hope it's like a Dragon Ball Z convention if you like hate anime and like any cartoons. I hope it's a cartoon convention. Imagine. It's a bunch of people walking around in like suits and stuff and you're so hammered that you can't tell if it's reality or not. How about that? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I mean, conventions, like, it could be anything. There's a bunch of crazy stuff out there, Greg. Get the f- <laughs> That was close. Oh, uh, you almost, uh, you almost pulled the Frank. That was close. That, that, was, that was close. Uh, okay, back to the first baseman. Out on Cody Bellinger, we said you were going to give us projections for Cody Bellinger. Yeah, again, uh, look, my projections are conservative. Uh, I, I do that on purpose. Uh, I make them conservative for every player. But uh, Cody Bellinger, I have at 255, 28 home runs, 80 runs scored, 90 RBI, and 10 stolen bases. It's not bad. Like, he gives you a little bit of everything. doesn't completely kill your batting average. Uh, you know, it's obviously very hard to project, uh, to project the batting average. Because, but, you know, he's been around, you know, 260. Last year, 267 in his first year, so maybe 255 is a little bit unfair. Maybe he's closer to 260, but the home runs have fluctuated. Uh, the runs, RBIs, you know, he, he lost 21 RBIs from, from 2017 2018. Uh, the stolen bases, he's going to give you 10 to 15, so that's not bad. He's a great athlete, that's for sure. Uh, he walks a lot, so for points leagues, uh, that helps, helps mitigate the, uh, the strikeouts a little bit. He does hit the ball hard, over 40% a hard hit rate in each of his first two seasons. The home run to fly ball ratio dropped big time last year. So, look, can he be a guy that potentially pays off first-round value if he hits, you know, 270 with 35 home runs and 100 RBI with, with 10 to 15 stolen bases? Yeah, if he does that, he's likely, you know, a first-round pick next year. Unfortunately for me, if he does that, he's probably going to be on someone else's team. It just feels he's like... not really an active target of mine. It just feels like he's the kind of guy that... A lot of the players that are going ahead of him... Do what he does. Maybe not the 14 stolen bases. But everything else seems replicable to me. It depends which guy you trust more. Do you trust the Cody Bellinger from 2018? Or do you think he gets closer back to the 2017? Again, 
In 2017, took the league by storm. 39 home runs in 132 games. Amazing. That's amazing. Amazing. So we know that the talent is there in the bat. How much? If he plays think- 150 games, is it outside the realm of possibility, Greg, for him to hit 35 to 40 homers with 100 RBIs and 15 stolen bases? Me- That's not undoable. Let me throw it's this. It's not impossible for Cody Bellinger. Let me throw this out for you. In 2017, when he came up, he ultimately supplanted Adrian Gonzalez as 31st baseman. He played first base every day, right? I think I'm going to move him back ahead of Reza. Oh, man. <laughs> right? He's gonna, he basically played first. Back and forth with these Replaced two. Adrian Gonzalez and played first base every day, right? Last year, with the emergence of Max Muncy, he kind of came up and moved around a lot. Played a lot of center field. And that's where we're, we're projecting him to start mm-hmm. this year for the Dodgers. He's going to play the outfield for sure. And I've read center field. Do you think it's going to take a, a bit of a toll on it? Do you think maybe that's... Part of the reason we're seeing the decline? Maybe that affected him. Uh, you know, I looked this up, but on, uh, on, on baseball reference, you could look up player splits by position that they played. But you could do that on fan graphs, too. You might be able to. Mm-hmm. But I'll pull that up for you. Anyway, uh, with the Dodgers, yeah, they do... No, he's not going to play center field because they have A.J. Pollock, Greg. So he's projected to... I don't, I don't to think Pollock... right field. I thought Pollock's not playing center. Whatever. He's uh, projected to play right field. This is on uh, roster resource and back cleanup. Look... There's going to be a ton of RBI opportunities, too. Because you look at the first three in this order, Pollock, Seager, Justin Turner, just ahead of Bellinger. And then behind him, he has Muncie, Taylor, Jock Peterson. The averages were basically the same. Those three, year, ahead, those three ahead of him. I mean, that's, that's great. Averages 268 as a first baseman last year, 263 as a center fielder. So what do I know? Oh, he did not get a hit as a pinch hitter, though. That's interesting. Okay, as a first baseman last year, he hit... 268 with an 844 OPS. Mm-hmm. As center fielder, which was next up the most games that he played was 71, uh, he hit 263 with an 807. So really not that different. Yeah, not, not that different. said that. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so there's Cody Bellinger. You, you said you... Are being too hard on him? I don't think so. You said you just flipped him with... This always reminds me of my analysis of Javier Baez last year, where I just looked at it statistically and didn't really take the fact that, like, he always had this upside inside of that because of like his prospect pedigree and what he did in the past and you know these huge expectations. This is a little bit different because... We I mean, yeah, you're not getting Bellinger at the same price you were getting Baez last year because Baez you were getting like, in the middle rounds. You still have to use a third, fourth round price tag on Bellinger. Bellinger's just a hard guy for me to figure out this year. Andy Singleton said I'm making it too hard than I, than I should be. I don't and think you maybe, are. Maybe I am. I don't think you are. I don't, and I'm not just agreeing with you for the sake of agreeing with you. I just... I agree. Let me get to Reese. Let's get to Reese Hoskins here. Who you keep flipping back and forth between Bellinger. Okay. You, know, you know I like Reese Hoskins a lot, and I he's one of my targets this year. Am I crazy? Uh, is he? Are you crazy? Part of the reason why I don't know if Hoskins is a target of mine is because it's kind of similar to the Jose Abreu and Anthony Rizzo situation, Greg. I don't see a huge difference between Reese Hoskins and Matt Olson this year. And you're getting Reese Hoskins in the third round. And shout out to Michael Florio. He was making this argument against me last year, and I didn't really see it. Uh, I know Reese Hoskins hit more home runs than, than Olsen did last year, but I'm, jo- I'm joining the club, Mike. I'm joining you this season. I, I don't really think that their, uh, their projection is, is all that different. You look at their steamer projections. Uh, they have Reese Hoskins at 249, Olsen at 244. Hoskins, three more home runs, six more runs scored, five more RBI. And how about this, Greg? Hoskins' ADP... The NFBC is 39. Guess where Matt Olson is? 139. 114. Okay. 
So, look, you're getting him 75 picks later, and you're getting pretty similar stats, man. I'm a big believer in Matt Olsen, so I think that's what's kind of holding me back from going all in on Reese Hoskins, just because I know where I can get Matt Olsen, whether it's, you know, 6th, 7th, 8th round this year, um, and... I'll take that chance on like trying to get him later on. Reese Hoskins also, oddly enough, has a split of his own. Last year, 186. This isn't just last year. In his major league career, 186, 73 OPS against lefties. Yeah. He's a right-handed batter, Craig. Why does he suck against lefties? It's weird. It's a weird reverse split. Uh, that's in his career as a major leaguer to this point. Um, and, but the thing is, he was much better against lefties in the minors. So... To me, what that says is, at some point, he should get better against left-handed pitching at the major league level, which ultimately will raise his overall batting average because 186 against lefties is very bad. That's just not going to get it done. So if he just raises his, his average against lefties to, let's say, 220, Greg, then his overall batting average is coming up to 260 instead of, you know, the 249. So if he just, you know, if he, if he does a little bit better against lefties, then, you know, that batting average overall is coming up. I do like the fact that, like Bellinger, he does, he's going to have dual eligibility. He doesn't have first base eligibility to start the season, but he will get it because he's going to start there. Um, and how about this, Greg? I looked into this. His, his splits by where he batted in the lineup. Last year, he batted second a lot because he, he walks a ton. He has great plate discipline, which is obviously good for points leagues. It's good for OBP leagues. In 104 games batting second, he hit 226 with 783 PS. Mm-hmm. In 45 games batting fourth, 296 with a 1,021 OPS. He's projected to bat fourth right now. So, I think that helps him. And the fact that he's going to have more, you know, he's going to have more RBI opportunities with if Bryce Harper joins this lineup. No Even doubt. if Bryce Harper doesn't, you get McCutcheon in that lineup. She's you have up in that yeah, lineup. Yeah. You have JT Real Muto. It's a good lineup. I'll go as far as to say it's a great lineup. But you're right, annoyingly so, that if you just pull up Matt Olsen's stats, it's like... They're really not that far off, man. They're just kind of similar. And what I... Matt Olsen made so much progress last year overall as a baseball player. Like Against lefties in 2017, Greg, 196-758 against lefties. Matt Olsen. Scares you off. That's part of the reason why I was worried about him last year. He was going to struggle against lefties. In 2018... 251 batting average. He brought, you know, he brought his batting average from 196 all the way up to 251. The OPS wasn't great. He didn't hit. He hit for much more power against righties. He only had a 701 OPS against lefties. But at least if I can see that he's making contact and making a conscious effort to raise the batting average against lefties and bring it up to 251, that tells me that he can hold his own against lefties and he's going to be in the lineup every day. Roster resource, I think they do great work. Sometimes I think they're a little bit too quick to pull uh, to pull a trigger when it comes to uh, platoons. They have Matt Olson as a platoon. He played 162 games last year. He played every single game. He wasn't a platoon player last year, and he proved himself against lefties. Why would he be a platoon player this year? For Mark Canna of all people, it's not going to happen. Matt Olson is going to play every day. He was one of seven players who played 162 games last year. Made improvements against lefties. Decreased his strikeout rate by three percent. Greg. Slightly improved his walks, lowered his pull percentage by 7.5%. I can't stress this enough. He turned himself more into an all-around hitter. Started spraying the ball to opposite field a little bit, taking what defenses are giving him. You know, everyone's talking about this drastic, uh, you know, overdramatic shift against left-handed batters. So what is he learning to do? He's learning to take what, what, what they're giving him. He's going opposite field a little bit more. He's going to center a little bit more. 
He was top 10 in barrels per plate appearance last season, 9.4%. He was top 5 in both Woba. Uh, no, that was that's Max Muncie, sorry. Um, 47% hard hit rate, Fat Olsen. 43% fly balls. You know, with that kind of bad ball data, Greg, it feels like he could have been closer to 35 home runs than he was 29. I understand he plays in Oakland. It's a bigger ballpark, but that lineup is not bad either. I, I think the home runs go up. I think we're closer to 35. Uh, I haven't projected, you know, 250, 32 homers, 80 runs, 85 RBIs. Give me Matt Olsen, man. I'm all in. I'm all in on the Olsen train. That was good. <laughs> it was. He's got nothing. Also, his expected slugging percentage was 30 points higher, according to StatCast. And I tell you that normally, these like, the expected things are lower. Yeah. He was a little bit unlucky last year in the power department. I just find it really interesting that... In 2017, that Babbitt was 238, and he had a higher batting average than he did last year, whereas Babbitt was 292. That's, like, interesting to me. Really interesting. So the Babbitt, 238 in 2017. He also hit more fly balls, so we know that hitting more fly balls typically leads to a lower Babbitt. Um, and he also, you know why the Babbitt was so low, Greg, and he hit 259? is because he hit so many home runs. Home runs are not taken right, into right, account right, for right, Babbitt. Right, 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 right. Because exactly. they're not in play. They're going to That's exactly what it was. 24, Bad, yeah. I mean, 24 home so runs. 238 bad. That's, that's why it looks like that. Can the home runs go up? Definitely. You had 29 last year. 24 I the year before in I have rejected at 32, at 32, and people had unrealistic expectations for him last year. They thought he can, you know, be a 40 home run hitter. I think based on the better ball profile, if he was any other ballpark, yeah, you probably could expect 40 home runs. Yeah. But because he plays in Oakland... I think 33 to 35 home runs is a safe projection. Reese Hoskins hits a ton of fly balls. The problem with Reese Hoskins is his hard hit rate was like 35% last year. This is really interesting, too. It wasn't great. Like, Matt Olson was well over 40%. 47% hard hit rate. The guy absolutely mashes the baseball. He also had very extreme splits, Frankie. At home, he batted 227 last year. This is Matt Olson? Matt Olson. Away, he batted 266. Home runs were the same, 15 and 14. This guy in Yankee Stadium. Much better away player than home player. <laughs> he also got off to a disgusting start as well. Um, I mean, actually, not disgusting. April, he batted 257, the 216, 245. He's never going to be a great batter. He's just like, guy. whatever. I, I don't You're out. If, I, if I'm out on him, I should be out on Reese Hoskins, too. No, well, here's the thing. You can... I can't be out on one, You can believe other, that Reese Hoskins... That, Positive regression is coming for Reese Hoskins' batting average because of what I said about the lefties. If he just improves his batting average against lefties up until 220, which is still very bad, but he's been 186 in his career. If Reese Hoskins brings the batting average up to 220 against lefties, his overall batting average is climbing up to 260. You're not going to get a 260 batting average from Matt Olson. So that's the difference. If you think that Reese Hoskins can make those improvements, get the batting average up to 260, 40 home runs. If he hits 40 home runs in Philly in that lineup, it's probably going to give you 110 RBIs. Like, I can easily sell you on Reese Hoskins. I understand. I can sell it, definitely. I'll be, I'll be a salesman. Perfect. Reese Hoskins. Perfect, man. I just did it. Perfect. Appreciate Get the batting average up to 260. If he hits 40 home runs in Philly, which is definitely doable Without in that lineup, lineup no. he's going he's gonna to drive in 110 runs. So that's why you're playing the third-round price tag. I get it. It's a much better ballpark than Oakland. So, that's, that's the difference in ADP. Should it be 75 pick difference? Probably not. I don't think it should be that, that drastic. And again, it's like, this is the range in the third, fourth round. 
I mean, for Hoskins, it works a little bit more because he has the outfield eligibility. You know, I want to grab outfielders early on. That's what I want to do. So, Reese Hoskins kind of fits that. Uh, but I, I really do buy the adjustments that Matt Olson made last should, year and the progress that he made. Should Jesus Aguilar be in this crew, too? I have him in this tier. Uh, I have him at 11th. I have him just behind Matt Olson. Um, he was very... Uh, the first half versus second half, he was a different player. Obviously. So that was... And, and look, he was never going to keep that up. But... I mean, the first half, he was 298, 995 OPS. I mean, he was, you know, he was one of the 10 best sluggers in baseball in the first half of the season. Second half, that goes down to 245, 760. So, you know, with guys like this, you know, like the the 30-year-old breakout players, like, you kind of, you get a little bit worried. Great ballpark. Much better ballpark than Oakland. Uh, I still think, you know, I think Aguilar could be still a 30 to 35 home run guy. You worry a little bit about the batting average. Going to be in the middle of the lineup. I think Aguilar is very similar to Matt Olson, but he's also going 30 picks higher. One hour down. One more to go. A whole lot more with BFS. Ventra joins the program next.